So if you'll stick with me for announcements after, uh, after that great Lions uh, Den video, a uh, couple things. There uh, actually is a lot going on uh, in the church, even if it's summertime and even if many of us have been vacationing. Um, and starting with, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, uh, announce that on July 31st, we have a really special service planned because uh, our friends from... Uh, Team Challenge are going to be here. Now, many of you have, yeah, you can clap for Team Challenge. Uh, Team Challenge, of course, is a great ministry. It's a great opportunity uh, on, on Sunday the 31st to invite friends and invite family because let me tell you, there is going to be music. You are going to see transformed lives up here. You are going to see testimony, which I, I don't know, who likes testimonies? I love a testimony because you see everybody here and the ladies that are going to be here from Teen Challenge, you see they all have a story. Your story is unique. Their story is unique. And it is God's work in their life that has transformed them. And they are going to come and they are going to share with us their transformed lives. And you are going to see, trust me, you are going to see great joy from up here when Teen Challenge is with us on the 31st. So um, I implore you to, to invite friends and family. Uh, and if you're online, if you're looking for an opportunity to get back to church, that's the time to come. So come. Um, also, uh, you may have heard uh, that our dear sister Doris Christensen went home to be with the Lord a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Doris, just a few days short of her 96th birthday, and Doris, what a, what a delight. What an absolute delight. And, um, uh, and because I can't stand it, uh, I have to share this with you. Um, Richie last week was sharing that there is going to be a memorial service for Doris, um, and it is scheduled for August the 6th at 2 p.m. If you would like to help, and there is plenty of uh, help that is needed, please, uh, you can see Pastor Tyler uh, or, or uh, Tina. Tina Roses, where's Tina? I think she's with the kids. She's with the kids. Um, uh, to, uh, to plug in and, and help with that memorial. Uh, you know, um, uh, just by way of, of, of quick talk about testimony, uh, so uh, my wife and I uh, were married by Frank Christensen, uh, Doris's husband, in 1975. And uh, uh, not being a believer at the time, Frank said, you will sit with me uh, for three consecutive uh, days, and you are going to do marriage counseling. And of course, as an 18-year-old, uh, when an older uh, man that's a pastor, um, and not coming from any church background, I figured this is what you have to do in order to get married. So, uh, so we did it. And you know what? I don't remember a thing the man said. <laughs> I was 18, ready to get married. And so that's what we did. We got married. And then, of course, uh, again, by way of testimony, uh, a number of years later, some 20-odd years later, when my life was uh, at, you know, at the lowest ebb, uh, and I was desperate for, for answers, and I was a mess, where did I go? I went to find Frank Christensen, the man who married me, whose wife I had met when I was an 18-year-old kid. And little did I know that Frank had already gone home to be with the Lord by that time, but he took me to this church where I sat for three consecutive one-hour sessions with Frank Christensen, who I don't remember what he told me, but he introduced me to his wife, and I, there was something about that man and his wife 
that drew me back to find him when I was looking for answers. So you can't tell me that the ministry that each one of us has, because each one of us has a story, isn't powerful. And I'm hoping that you will come and participate and, and really uh, just, just glory in the memory of our sister Doris, who is in the presence of Jesus right this very moment. Amen? So come and do that on the 6th. And uh, also, uh, my last announcement is uh, just a reminder that uh, we are going to have a baptism here at the church, after church, on August the 7th. That's coming right up. Now, last week I reminded you that that's going to take place, and if you haven't been baptized, come and see one of the elders, or Pastor Tyler, Pastor Richie, whatever, and make the commitment to be obedient, to be baptized. Because in that baptism, you are going to be declaring the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you are going to be, what? Obedient to the call of baptism. It is an ordinance of the church. It's very important. It's very powerful. And if you haven't been baptized, I'm just going to be honest with you and bold right now because I feel like I can. If you haven't been baptized and you've been waiting, you have been disobedient. And if you would like to be obedient to the call of the Lord on your life and you are a believer and you have put your faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation then by all means, as an act of obedience and being declarative to the entire world that Jesus Christ is your Lord and you are following him for the rest of the days of your life, come and be baptized on the 7th of August. It is not too late. You could make the decision that day, but I encourage you to make it today and let one of us know that you would like to be baptized. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I have an announcement. You know, we do celebrate everything that God is doing here at the well. Amen? Right? It's midsummer, as you said, and yet uh, we're already looking at the fall and, and really re-engaging as more and more of you come back. Uh, on Saturday, August 20th, uh, myself, my wife, we want to invite you to uh, our first uh, parenting uh, I, 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 you know, I don't want to call it a class, but a parenting event. Uh, and uh, we're excited. We're excited. I know that many of you know my kids, but many of you don't. Uh, I have five uh, grown kids right now, age 20 to 29. Uh, we moved to Ojai in the summer of 99, so many of you became auntie and grandma, and they grew up right alongside you. And, uh, you know, we have just really felt that it's time, and, and we're really excited to uh, have a ministry here at the well to come alongside parents and those who want to be parents. And uh, I just want to uh, kind of give you a kind of a, a big picture vision, uh, you know, because I know parenting, even within the church, you know, there's a broad spectrum of approaches to it. And that was one of the challenges as I was uh, seeking the Lord on, on how are we going to approach this, you know. And, and so let me just, just really share with you right off the bat, this is designed for those who are parents already, whether wherever your kids are, those who want to have kids you know, I think my youngest, she's not even married, but she might come. And so don't think it's weird when Eileen's here. She's like, oh, Eileen was at the parenting. You know, no, no, no. She's just getting way ahead of the curve here. Um, 
So if you're thinking about wanting to have kids, if you've had kids, if you, you know, maybe whatever range, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to, and, and my challenge is, Lord, how do we do this? Is it two day? Is it a one day? And really where I've landed is it's, it's a Saturday. It's going to be broken into two sessions. And we're going to be looking and focusing on the heart of parenting, developing a biblical foundation out of which you, within your family unit, can make decisions, okay? And and that's important because if you don't take the time to really assess and ask yourself some real biblical theological questions as a foundation, oftentimes we just parent like we were parented. We just look for practical helps. And, you know, we, we don't really take the time to go, well, what's the goal? What is the goal, right? In fact, uh, we're going to be, I've, I'm compiling... Uh, material from two different uh, sources. Well, the morning, we'll be looking at some material from a parenting conference by uh, Paul David Tripp called Getting to the Heart of Parenting. In the afternoon after lunch, we're going to look at some material by Dr. Tim Kimmel called Grace-Based Parenting. And uh, it's really designed to challenge you with a biblical foundation for parenting. In fact, uh, one of the first questions we're going to look at in, in the morning session, is, is what is a family? Define family. Because if, you, if you're even not even wrestled with what is a family, how do you know where you're going? What's, what's the goal? What's the end game, right? And so it, it, it is very much not about feeding and those kinds of behavioral issues. That's not what this is about. What we want to do as a launch into a parenting ministry is give you an opportunity to come and really ponder a little bit about what is the basis for the decisions we're making, have made, will make, uh, and how does that sync up with the Word of God and, and Scripture? So invite you to come on out. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the welcome cart. We are working through child care right now. We would love to provide child care, so sign up. We're going to contact you once we work through with Pastor Tyler and Kim about, uh, they're talking about doing maybe a, a kids program for the older kids, uh, so while you're here enjoying the the class, your kids will be enjoying something there. And, uh, so don't let childcare please uh, keep you from coming. Uh, put your name on the on the roster there, and, and we'll be working with you for the next month or so. Okay. Yeah, and with that, we'll have Kathy Bodycomb. He's going to come up, and you have something to tell us about women's ministry. I do. Amen. All right, let's do I it. I do. Um, I know Richie has said this before. Uh, there's lots of announcements here today, but. Um, that's as much church as coming here. So what we do beyond Sunday is as much of what we are as a, as a body of believers as just what we do as we gather here. So, um, so I have a couple more announcements <laughs> of what we're doing. Um, one uh, for the women's ministry. One is floral. We're having a floral arranging workshop. It's almost full. So please sign up. Uh, today it's July 30th, 10 a.m. at the well. Uh, it's $15, so um, there's just a few spots left. So if you'd like to do that, please sign up. Uh, there's also a watercolor workshop in August, August 27th, and there's still some openings for that. And then the last thing I'd like to talk about, share about a little bit, is about that we're having a discussion on the book of Psalms. So we've kind of let this summer be a time where um, we're encouraging women, I'm encouraging women, to read uh, some of the book of Psalms. 
I'm in the 30s somewhere, so I haven't gotten a, real far <laughs> in it. Uh, got a couple of weeks left to go. Um, but this will be August 15th, um, 7 p.m. here at the well. But please, I just want to encourage you to um, uh, use this time uh, to consider um, who God is and how we can express ourselves back to God using some of the some of the Psalms. Um, for me, you know, I just love uh, Aubrey mentioned about some of the imagery. I love the imagery. Some just simple statements: "The Lord is my rock," "The Lord is my fortress," "The Lord is my light." And you know, we're familiar with "The Lord is my shepherd." There's even a verse that says, um, "The Lord." Uh, will be their shepherd, referring to um, the people of God, and he will carry them in his arms forever. And I love that. I love that imagery. Um, so what we've designed, what we've come up um, with a little worksheet. Don't let this be too scary. It's not really a Bible study, but it's just kind of some guides to help you think through um, when you're reading the Psalms, but also to write down what. Um, you're contemplating or what God's speaking to you or even having questions or, hey, this is kind of, I don't get this, you know, it's kind of a difficult passage. Um, so um, these are all uh, uh, on the, there's a, there's a bunch of them on the cart uh, outside, so please pick one up. Uh, even if you don't think you'll be able to make it August 15th, go ahead and pick one up if you'd like to just use it personally. A couple things about it. Uh, one is there is a great little overview uh, from the Bible Project. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. Nice little video. It's 10 minutes long. Gives you the great, uh, great overview and context of who wrote the Psalms. You know, for actually they have uh, the Bible Project has it for each book of the Bible. But this is the one on the Psalms. It's on YouTube. We have the link, or you can just go out. Um, to YouTube and find it for Psalms. But again, it puts it in context so you know the what, when, why of how it was written. Uh, a couple of books that just might be of interest, devotional books um, that we have listed here as well. And then just kind of questions. Who, who's, who, um, what has God revealed to you about himself? Um, how do you relate to this psalm? What do you feel about this psalm? Um, what does it show you about yourself? And there's also a list that I stole from my Bible studies of Jen Wilkins that lists uh, about 20, 30 attributes of God. And it's really helpful to refer back to, um, to that. So, um, Please uh, grab one, read one, um, use it um, if you're able to come August 6, uh, 15th or not. But um, use the Psalms to um, bring yourself to the Lord and let the Lord reveal himself to you. It's poetry, it's songs, it's praise. Um, so use this all to know him and that we can come together and again reflect on the Psalms together. So thank you. Thanks, Kathy. And finally, Jordan Stuffelbeam, the youth director at The Well. Yes. Now, and that's really interesting. I like it when you're down. That, that, could you step down one more? Yeah. It's not often I get to look down on somebody. <laughs> um, and, 
<laughs> so thank, thank you for that. Um, so uh, my understanding is you have uh, some uh, uh, announcement. Did we three. say three? You have three announcements three. for the Ute? Yeah. I like and that word. we're done with all the announcements. Really? Yeah. Okay. Perfect. Well, then take it away. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Like Bill said, my name is Jordan Stuffelbeam. I am the youth director here at the well, as well as the tech director. So all the stuff that goes on in the bridge, uh, that's what we do back there. Uh, so we do have a few announcements for us. We have a recap from Wednesday. Uh, we had a youth event at the, uh, at the beach. Uh, there, we got a picture there. Yeah, Isaac's pointing out the obvious. We're playing spike ball. Uh, we had a lot of fun. Uh, it, was, it was a great day. It was cloudy, which I prefer that because I'm very pale-skinned. Uh, and, yeah, we, we played some um, ultimate on the beach. We had some volleyball, although realized that none of us are really that good at volleyball. Uh, so we quickly did another game, but we, we had a lot of fun. We had some snacks uh, and just had a good time with the students. And I will say the best part by far, in my opinion, uh, was on our, our ride out there. So we had a new student, never been there, and I got to give it to him. He, he's a bold, uh, I think, sixth grader. And we had a little just dance party on the way there on our car, on our car ride. And he's like, we're like, hey, we're taking, um, you know, song requests. So he plays this song that we've never heard of. And it's, it just plays this, this beat over and over again. And he's just playing the air saxophone. And we're all having a great time. And it was, it was great. And it was the mostly boys vehicle. And we had two high schooler girls in the back recording. And I think they said they had more fun than probably the girl's car. Was that right? So uh, give it to the guys to uh, give us a nice dance party. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, so uh, next up, we're having a, an all-nighter here at the well, August 10th through 11th from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 the next day. Um, our plan is to uh, meet here, and then we're going to go down and play some games at golf and stuff, do some golfing, have a little outing, and then we're going to come back and probably just play a bunch of games. Uh, we are planning to watch a movie called The Bad Guys. If you guys haven't seen it, it's great. It's probably one of my new favorite uh, animated movies by DreamWorks. We're going to watch that probably to bring the night to a close, although I'm sure they'll still want to stay up pretty late. So <laughs> we'll make sure they're nice and tired when you come and pick them up in the morning. Uh, so the cost is $20, and the deadline for that is uh, August 7th, which is a Sunday. And if you have any questions, you can talk to me. Uh, last announcement, this is, um, we're, having an, we're going to a conference in um, Santa Ana, California. It's called the Reality Student Apologetics Conference, uh, put on by Stand to Reason. Uh, they're an apologetics organization. For those of you that know what, don't know what apologetics is, it's basically um, us as Christians being able to defend what we believe. So if someone was asked, why do you believe what you believe, you're able to give a response, be able to defend yourself. And not in a, I'm going to just give an argument, although that's what we would say traditionally is you're going to give an argument for what you believe and why you believe it. Uh, but it's really just you're, you're defending what you believe. And in a culture that we have nowadays, uh, there's, there's really not only is an attack on uh, the things of the Bible and the gospel, but on truth itself. And a lot of things nowadays are really about relativism, which truth can be whatever you want it to be. And so we're, we're doing this conference really because, uh, I mean, it's for middle schoolers, high schoolers, and young adults, uh, college age, to really help them in their, in their faith. Uh, and the theme for this, this conference is actually 
uh, seek and you will find. And about what, what do you do when uh, you're challenged with doubt? You know, if we're honest, as believers, doubt happens and it's normal. So how do we deal with that? And so this conference really is for equipping students to be able to handle life's big, big questions and even things that are going on in the culture that we as adults probably aren't as aware of, things that are going on in the schools. And so this really is designed to not just be a conference to go to because conferences are fun, which I'm sure it will be, but really to equip the students and to help them through uh, the challenges you know, that they go through. And so there's a lot of topics that they're going to they're gonna cover. Uh, and so I don't know if you saw up there, the cost is $100. Uh, you know, that's the, you got the ticket, you got the drive down, staying at a hotel. Uh, and I just want to say we don't want cost to be an issue for, for students not to go. Um, if you can only contribute a, a little bit, you know, that's fine. We have ways of, you know, I have a, a budget to help with things like this. Um, and also, you know, we talk about the ways that we as the church do life together. We have different giftings in the way that we use that. Um, and, and they're all different. Now, some people, uh, you know, you might be financially um, blessed and you have a, a job that God has blessed you with that you can provide in that way. And I just want to encourage you, if you guys do want to support any of the students or even the youth ministry um, in general, uh, I would just say pray about it and seek the Lord on how you could encourage uh, students going on this trip. You know, we do other things, whether it's going to Mexico and we, we support money to, to do stuff like that. It's very similar, and I, and I just want to say, I don't want you guys to think, oh, they're just going to go have fun, and they're, they're having an all-nighter. You know, these events and things are really important, um, of just ways of spending time with the kids. They're being around biblical teaching um, and just being loved on. And in the process, you know, my prayer is that God is, is speaking his truth to them, and that events like this could lead to just their growth and, and who Jesus is, and really trusting him uh, as their Savior. And so... Um, so yeah, sign up. Uh, there's a couple deadlines. The first one is actually by uh, the 29th of this month, uh, and you can put a $50 deposit down for that. But I would just encourage you, if you saw the website up there, go to that and check it out. They have a lot more details about that conference. Uh, I don't know if you can see the website there. But again, you can come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you about it, um, and we're going to have a, a great time going down to the conference. So with that, that's finally it for the announcements. Now you guys, now you can take a sigh of relief. Well, good morning. We are going to uh, continue um, in our series, sort of our mini-series. If you were here at the beginning of summer, you know, we're going through the book of Philippians, and then we got to uh, Philippians 3.10, and uh, in the New Living Translation, it says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. This is the Apostle Paul in a letter to the church at Philippi. And so we landed here in our journey through the, the letter uh, of the Philippians. And he says again, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. And when I got there, I was like, you know, we just can't just race past this. This, this is like core of course here. You know, this is about victory. This is about living that supernatural life. And, and it's so interesting that in, in one sentence, there's so much in there. I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. He wants to know, he wants to have experiential knowledge in his daily life. He wants to know this, this supernatural power 
that's available to all believers, right? Power is the word dunamis. We saw that it's divine energy. It's divine enablement. And so this, this one sentence completely blows up any sense that Christianity or following Jesus is good morality, is religiosity. He takes it from the natural into the supernatural, okay? And that, again, is a challenge. It sounds very simple, but uh, particularly maybe if you grew up in the church and around good moral and nice people and you had your traditions and your routines, you may have kind of landed at a place where, you know, I'm good, I'm comfortable, I got this, I don't even know if I need supernatural power. And in fact, we looked at this, I don't even know if I want it. Because if I invite the Holy Spirit and supernatural power into my life, he may move the furniture. (laughs) How many of us are challenged when people come over and you love having people over, but they move things? Anyone? (laughs) You're like, ah. You know, you you write somebody, you you know, you just, you, you got it. It's a great word picture of our life. We got everything just so. We know where to put things. And then, you know... You want people to come in, but they don't, you don't want them to mess with your kingdom. And so one of the challenges for us in this verse, as we've been looking at it through July, is this heart issue of not only understanding what power is available, but really at the heart level, asking ourselves the, the real question, do you want it? And maybe part of that is asking a real question, do you even think you need it? Or are you kind of good? And this is a real question for us who live in Ojai in Southern California, a very affluent part of the country. Not that everyone, you know, uh, is at the same economic position in this church. I, I celebrate the diversity of this church. This church, to me, really represents Ojai economically, racially, community-wise. I mean, this is beautiful. Amen? Right? I, I love that. And so, yet we do, honestly, if we're, we're, we're just very transparent, we do live in a, in a very comfortable place. You know? And, and that's a challenge when it comes to the sense of a need for anything more supernaturally. And even a little bit of a pushback that even something as good as the Holy Spirit transforming you into the image of Jesus might disrupt your flow. I mean, these are real questions. Because if they weren't real questions, why aren't we all walking in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why aren't we all? There's got to be something or some things that are creating some sort of hesitation. And I'm, I'm praying that today, as by the end of this, that God will show you what one or more of those are. And that through the Holy Spirit, you will have courage. Because a lot of this requires courage. Courage. A lot of this change and transformation when we're called to, you know, follow Christ you know, the, when I did a series on, on uh, what it means to be a disciple, there was a, uh, a quote that I shared almost every week. It says, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, right? And we looked at that, that in the culture, you were to follow your rabbi so closely because you wanted to be just like him, talk like him, be like him, have the same mannerisms. That's what the culture is. And so this phrase, may you be covered in the dust of your rabbi, meant that we should follow Jesus so close that If we were in Israel, we would be covered in this dust. Imagine how close you would have to be, right? And so we do that, and yet 
I don't know about you, but for me, if I was that close to Jesus, I would probably be trying to look over his shoulder because I would want to know where we're going. Anyone? Right? Hey, uh, we going to stop soon? Kind of thirsty, you know? Where are we going? You know, I'd be doing this and doing this and, you know, and then if I noticed like, oh, where are we going? We're going? What do you mean we're going to Samaria? They don't like us. Just keep following. But, 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 just keep following. Right? And in our life sometimes, we're, we're, we come to different places. And this isn't for those who are necessarily not growing. It's where you've grown to a place and it's all well and good and you celebrate it. But we're in continual sanctification, like Doris, until we go home to meet Jesus. Amen? So the challenge for us who have been in the church and have been sanctified and, and have celebrated, how many of you celebrate transformation? Whatever that. How many of you are radically different? Then, right? Okay. So we're not discounting that. What we're, saying that. what we're saying here in this process is we have a tendency as humans in our flesh to push cruise control. And we just kind of, if we're not careful spiritually, just plateau. And we celebrate where we were and we just don't know if we want to keep, you know, being transformed. Although I'll say, hey, who wants to be like Jesus? And everyone will say, yeah. <laughs> See, you're like, oh, I don't know anymore because I know him. You know, so he always asks these questions and he sets me up. So, you know, I'm not going to answer. But, so we're working through this. And so this desire from the Apostle Paul to, to know Christ and experience the mighty power has really launched us into a series on the Holy Spirit. And uh, recognizing the Bible teaches that this spirit is through the indwelling Holy Spirit, uh, this power, right? Uh, but let me, let me um, give a couple of, of uh, you know, be cautious here. When it says that he wants to know and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead, again, I clarified this a few weeks ago, but I'll say it again. It doesn't mean that you're going to walk around and raise people from the dead. Okay, that's not, it's not the power to raise. Okay, that's not what he's talking about. But even more important, and this is a subtlety, it's not a power trip. This isn't about experiencing the mighty power that raised Christ from the dead so that you become all that. It's not a power trip. And I shared with you before a couple weeks ago, one of the lures of the occult is power. They promise power. That's the Lord. That's why so many kids and so many people in various circumstances of life head to the dark side and, and the occult because it's a promise of power, control over life, control over people, okay? That's not what we're talking about either. This isn't a power trip, and it's not a Christianized version of positive thinking. That's not what this is. What this is is understanding that God has provided everything we need for life and godliness, Specifically, he has provided the indwelling third person of the Trinity to indwell us so that whether we're on the mountaintop or we're in the valley, we praise God. We have the supernatural ability to navigate life in such a way that it glorifies God. Amen? That's what we're talking about here. It's not name it and claim it. It's not having enough faith and power to order God around. It is understanding that at your disposal, at my disposal, we have the strength, the power of the Holy Spirit, right? And I shared this with you a couple weeks ago. Great illustration of this is the Apostle Paul. 
He was going through a trial in 2 Corinthians, right? And he was a thorn in the flesh. Now, the Bible says that that thorn wasn't a rose thorn. It was a railroad spike. There was something so big that the word picture is a railroad spike. And I'm going to guess somebody here or somebody at home, you're dealing with a railroad spike issue in your life, okay? And if you're, if you're not today, you probably will soon, right? It just happens, and so, you know the story in 2 Corinthians, the Apostle Paul asked God three times, can you please just take this away, right? Anyone ever do that? How many times, right? Maybe same inflection, take this, oh please, I'll go to church on Sunday, I'll serve, right? I'll do kingdom kids, please take this away, right? We start negotiating with God, bargaining with God, so he'll take this thorn, this railroad spike away. And what did he tell Paul three times? Nope. No, 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 no. I got a lesson to teach you, right? And here's the lesson. He says it himself. Verse eight, three different times I begged the Lord to take it away. Each time he said, my grace is all you need. My power works best in weakness. So now I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work through me. That's why I take pleasure in my weaknesses and in the insults, hardships, persecutions, and troubles that I suffer for Christ. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Amen? That's the upside down kingdom. That is the upside down kingdom and that is the challenge of this whole series in working with the Holy Spirit because you and I have been raised in a be self-sufficient, don't rely on anyone, you got this, be the best version of yourself, you don't need anybody, don't show weakness, pull yourself up, culture. And yet here he says, I am glad to boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ can work. He says, my power works best in weakness. How many of you want God's power to work best in your life? According to this, it works best in what situation? Your and my weakness. When we've come to the end of ourselves, When we wave the white flag. But I gotta be honest with you. Getting to the end of myself and the end of yourself, it's challenging because in my life, I'll, I'll, I'll go through something and I'll feel like I'm bottomed out. And here's what I tend to do. I get there and like, oh, I think I'm at the end. And then it just takes a little bit while and then I'll gear back up. And I'll try again. And I'll go through another cycle. And then I'll hit that same, maybe a little lower. And it, it's really sometimes a process that till you really get to the end of yourself. Because if you're like me, I hate quitting. I hate admitting defeat. I hate admitting weakness, even to myself. I, ha I hate failure. I hate admitting that something is bigger than me. Right? I c can't. Ugh. I would rather go down with the Titanic than admit I can't. Some of us do that, right? Right? You know you can't. You know it's bigger than you. And rather than admitting you need help, you're just going to go down with the ship. Pride. Pride. Anybody here ever have your co-pilot tell you to look at a map and ask for directions? You Google it. You know what I mean? Like, why, 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 why can't you do that? Because to look 
at a map back in the day when we had maps, AAA, Triptych, remember those? Well, I just dated myself. Back in the day when you had a map, it was an admission of what? Failure. Admission that I'm lost. No, I'm not really lost. I know where I'm going. Anyone ever hear that? And we're not lost. We're not, we're not lost. We're really not lost. We can't even pull over and find, ask for directions because we can't admit that we're lost. It's the same thing, right? It's pride. And so we've been wrestling with this. That's why I call this the praxis of power. The, the word praxis, again, is a combination. Of, it's, it, it's practice and theory. Praxis is the practical application of a theory or a truth or a doctrine. So the power, experiencing the mighty power of God is not something in the church that we just ascend to. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's so cool. Mark, isn't that so cool that God provided that? That's just so cool. We write notes and we highlight our Bible and then we leave here and we just don't do anything with it. That's not praxis. That's not the practical application. The flip side is if you take this and you want to apply this, whoo, watch out. Some of you, before you leave here today or even in your own home, radical things can happen if you will choose to let God be God and let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit can do. All right? So again, it's the Holy Spirit that's the source of the power, Ephesians 3. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through his Spirit in your inner being. Okay? So, Holy Spirit, we went through the basics, right? Holy Spirit is God, third person's deity. Holy Spirit is a person, very important. Holy Spirit is not a mist. It's not Casper the ghost. It's not a, a, a fog. It's the third person of the Trinity, okay? And so uh, we've looked at some core truths that, you know, I would encourage you to go back and, and review them because it's layered. They really layer and they build upon each other. So number one is that at the point of conversion, the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, comes to indwell every single believer. Okay? 1 Corinthians 3. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Very important. Because even in the church, some people, that issue, it sounds basic to us because we've taught that for years and years, but some people think like you, you have to do something to get it. You already have it. It's there. Okay? That, for some, that's step one. You're like, What? The, the, the third person of the Trinity indwells me when I put my faith in Jesus? I never knew that. Well, because you never knew that, of no fault of your own maybe, that's why you've been living a good, moral, self-sustaining Christian life. You've just turned it into religiosity because it's just been me doing my best. And that squashed your joy, it squashed a lot, because it's you doing your best. So for some... Meditating and reflecting on the fact that if you're a believer here at home, whenever you're listening to this, you have within you, according to 1 Corinthians 3, God's spirit. Amen? Yeah, that's heavy. Still heavy for me. Every time I say it, every time I think about it, that just rocks my world. Okay? Charles Swindoll says this, the spirit of God does more than just help you out a bit. He provides the complete enablement to live a life that those without Christ can't even imagine. It includes such practical things as the power to control your tongue, the strength to face each day's challenges, the ability to clean up your thoughts, 
a way to guard yourself from temptation so that you don't plunge after one lustful lure than another. The authentic Christian life offers you hope beyond the downward drag of the flesh. It's been there the whole time. I'm hoping that some of you are like, well, then by golly, I better use this. <laughs> right? Imagine some wealthy person gives you their, their credit card and says, here. What's the, it's not the black. The black's not the big one anymore. What's the, what's the platinum, right? I guess it's platinum, right? Imagine somebody gives you a platinum card and you're like, oh, thanks. And you just put, they give you all the resources of a platinum card and you just tuck it away in your wallet and say, thanks. How many of you would take full use, joyful use of that platinum card if you were, right, right. right. Thank you, Marv. Thank you, Jonah. Thank you, right? It's like, that's what we're saying. You have been given a supernatural resource. The question is, why aren't you, why aren't you putting in a machine? Right? And that's, that's where I, I don't know. We all have our own stories, so I'm going to let the Holy Spirit work through that in your life. Right? So we're indwelt. Then we saw in Ephesians 5.18, it says, Don't get drunk with wine, which leads to reckless anxiety actions but be filled by the spirit so we're indwelt and then ephesians 5 18 commands us to be filled now we saw and this is very important the word filled means controlled that's why he uses the illustration of wine and spirits little s because when you take and drink enough of that you become under the influence right dui or whatever he's saying you know what rather than being under the influence of alcohol and little s spirits be under the influence the control of the holy spirit Okay? Again, what is the challenge with that? Surrender. It's a control issue. How many of you, honest at home, you can raise your hand. How many of you here tend to sometimes, maybe every once in a while, like to be in control? <laughs> See how I helped you out a little bit? I didn't say how many of you here are control freaks. <laughs> thank you, thank you. Okay, how many of you here are sitting next to a control freak? Why did we get more hands, right? Right. So this idea of this command to be filled with the Holy Spirit, it touches a nerve because it's a control. I'm going to be under the influence, the control. That means I surrender, I submit. So some of us wrestle with that. Now, it's not like an all or nothing because you might start the day out great. Lord, today I'm choosing to be filled, to be influenced, to be under your control. It is my desire, and I really want to be under your control. And you might start the day well until you get to work. And there's the coworker or the boss, right? And at that moment, you are just simply being presented an opportunity if you're feeling like, mm, right? Mm, right? Right? Steph, right? Mm, right? At that moment, you're like, okay, Lord, right now I'm just going to choose to remain under your control, Spirit. Right? It, now you're just being, what, what I'm hoping is that the Word of God is empowering you. Not to be driven by circumstance or outside people or externals. Amen? I'm hoping that you are understanding at the very core, because you are indwelt by the Holy Spirit, you are not a victim of circumstance. You're not a victim and you don't have to be this helpless, you know, Oh, why did they? You can choose. You can choose. 
You can choose how to respond to that email. You can choose how to react to that text. You can choose to react to whatever. You are empowered. You are empowered 24-7, 365 to, to just walk in this way that glorifies God because you are no longer driven by the flesh. Amen? That's empowering. That's so empowering. Okay? The way we couched it and the question we asked a couple weeks ago about being filled, I said, okay, so at the time you became a believer, the Holy Spirit became resident. Regarding the filling, the question was, he's resident, but is he president? Okay, so resident doesn't change. Who's behind the big desk changes throughout the day. Okay, I'm just giving you this picture so that you're empowered to catch yourself throughout the day. Okay, that's what that is, resident or president. I, I love that. I'm like, man, that makes it so simple, right? And then we saw uh, two weeks ago in Galatians 5, 16, he says, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. So we're indwelt at the moment of conversion. We're commanded to be filled or controlled. And now it, there's a command and a promise. Walk by the Spirit, and the promise is you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. There's going to be victory. Okay? And then we saw that walk by the Spirit, the key underlying challenge and theme of that is dependence. Again, in our culture, kind of one of those core themes, you're raised to be independent, to, to admit dependence well, you know what? Where I grew up, me and my boys, we'd say, dude, you're a punk. You need help, you're a punk. And none of us wanted to be a punk. So we never admitted, you know, I don't need help. You know, you get injured on the football field, I don't need your help. I'm going to limp right off. Right? I don't need help. It's, again, a pride issue. It's maybe how you were raised issue. I get that. And so... We work through this walking by the Spirit. Some of us may be harder than others to admit daily. Lord, today I admit I have to walk by the Holy Spirit. Independence. I need. I can't. Right? And I shared with you, you know, the, the airport, the walking sidewalks, the people movers. Right? How many of you enjoy the people movers? How many of you, like me, took a while to get over your bad self-pride because you thought the people movers were for the weak and the elderly? Moment of transparency, I'm like, I'm not getting on there. What do people think of me? Right? And you get on there, you're like, this is nice. <laughs> and the people who are like not on it, you're like, see ya. You should be on here. Right? And I love that because I had to work through, you know, how, what do people think of me being on the people mover? Right? And, and also, the people mover is a great illustration because it's not like you get on there and you just stand still. That's not our Christian walk. The walking sidewalk is you're still walking, but you're being propelled forward. That's the Christian walk, okay? And, and it's very important. And, and again, I, Mark, you travel quite a bit. You enjoy those, right? It's kind of fun too, right? When you, when you like get on it, you're like, I thought I was moving at a pretty good clip. And then, yeah, you get this little burst. You're like... Woo! <laughs> you know, try to be all cool, not smile like, yeah, this is cool, I do this all the time. <laughs> it's walking by the Spirit. Dependence. I need help. I'm, 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 yes, I admit I need help. And I'm going to be honest with you. Where do I see this big challenge, even in the church? 
Small group prayer request time. All right, let's pray. Anybody got any prayer requests? I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Well, can you pray for Johnny? Because he's really messed up, but I'm good. It's amazing. Like in prayer request time, when we're supposed to be sharing requests for ourselves, we deflect. And oftentimes we deflect because even in small group prayer time, we're afraid of what the other guys are going to think about us if we share a weakness, a dependency. I, I've been there. And, and it's pride and it's insecurity. And unfortunately, it's stifling. And we leave there and we're still isolated and we're still bound up and we still struggle simply because we couldn't admit a need, a dependency on others. Okay? So Galatians 5.16 is, is this freedom to live in honest dependency. Right? I love this quote by John MacArthur. He says this, Walking by the Spirit is basic to holiness. We can have holiness in our lives without legalism as we walk by the energy of the Holy Spirit yielding to him. If I had my choice of being obedient to an external list of rules or simply walking by the energy of an internal power, I would choose the latter. I am glad I live under the new covenant where practical holiness is the product of living by the energy of the indwelling spirit who empowers me to do the things that I couldn't force myself to do no matter what the outside worlds were. Amen? It is new covenant. This is a changed heart. This is, Jesus says, if you love me, you'll obey me. That's not a wag your finger thing. It's like, if you love me, you're going to want to obey me. It's a want to. That's what we share about even coming to the church on Sunday. I hope it's not a have to. I hope it's a want to. This is the radical nature of the new covenant relationship. He, you're born again. He gives you a new nature, indwelling Holy Spirit, so that you want to do the things of God. Amen? That's what this is. And believe me, I've been in ministry 30 years. Me trying to play the heavy spiritual popo and be heavy-handed on you and try to get you to clean up your act and da-da-da under fear of da-da-da, it doesn't work. I'll get compliance, and we might get legalistic... We're just going to kill the spirit in all joy. The, 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 I'm not, the faith element for me is to let the Holy Spirit do what the Holy Spirit can do in each of your lives individually in his timing. I can only be faithful to preach the word and release you to the power of the Holy Spirit. Now, we can encourage you. It doesn't mean we wink at sin around here. We call it out in love, in truth, in compassion. But we also are very mindful that we ain't going to scare anyone into compliance and real change. We're, we're not about, Christianity isn't behavior modification. It's a radical rebirth. Great example is marriage. I hope you're in a covenant marriage and you're doing what you do with your spouse because you love them. Amen? It's an inside-out deal, right? Randy, I'm hoping that Tracy's not giving you the list of the vows, you know, and the honeydews. Okay, maybe a little, but okay, you know, I mean. <laughs> I, 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 
that really is the new covenant. It's a covenant. We want to. And where is that coming from? The Holy Spirit. Philippians 2, 12, and 13. It is God who works in you to will and to do. So if you're not willing, and if you're struggling with the willing, you have an issue with the Spirit. There's something going on in here that, honestly, I can point you to Scripture, but I can only go so far because you have to make choices. You have to make the choices. Okay? That's, that's kind of where we are. So we walk by the Spirit one step at a time, one step at a time. J. Vernon McGee says this, Walking is not a balloon ascension. A great many people think the Christian life is some great, overwhelming experience, and you take off like a rocket going out into space. That's not where you live the Christian life. Rather, it is in your home, in your office, in the schoolroom, on the street. The way you get around in this life is to walk. You are to walk in Christ. God grant that you and I might be joined to him in our daily walk. I love that. Because, again, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, a lot of people think experiences. It's very mystical, and I have to go to an event so I can experience the power of the Holy Spirit in an event with certain lighting and certain environment. No, you can experience the Holy Spirit in your house when you wake up in the morning, when you go home today, right now. Amen? We don't have to conjure up some sort of uh, mysticism about it. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, indwelling you is about as supernatural as we need it to be. Amen? <laughs> I don't think we need to do much to embellish that. Okay? So, we're indwelt. We're commanded to be filled. We're also commanded to walk by independence. And then in Galatians 5.22, he says this. It says this in the NIV. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Very interesting. Since we live by the Spirit, he's talking about new birth. Okay, the spiritual life that came, John 3. Jesus replied, I assure you, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Humans can produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Okay? And what happens as a result? 1 Corinthians 2. The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. So, since we live by the Spirit, he's talking about being born again, regeneration through the Holy Spirit. You now get the things of the Spirit. Amen? Okay? Now you're like, well, what about these like religion classes that, that teach the Bible at, at like secular schools? Okay, here's the thing. I mean, I think some people... Don't understand this. When it says cannot understand them, that word understand is gnosko, which means experiential knowledge. Okay? You can only understand the Bible in the way that's intended to be understood if you have this Holy Spirit, the spiritual sense. If you don't have the Holy Spirit, you can still read the Bible as literature, history, religion, religious text. You can understand it intellectually and mentally. We're not saying that. Okay? There's religion classes all over the place, right? The difference is because if they don't have the Holy Spirit, they're not personally having experiential knowledge of the Scripture. Amen? That's because they don't have the Holy Spirit. That's what 1 Corinthians 2 is saying. Okay? So we're to walk and keep in step with the Spirit. Now, here's, here's a distinction. It's very important. 
In Galatians 5, 16, it said we are to walk by the Spirit. That word walk means your general life, habitual lifestyle, okay? So you wake up in the morning and you say, Lord, I understand and I believe every area of my life I am dependent upon you. I want to walk by the Spirit as a whole in my life. Okay, that's walking by the Spirit, that's dependence. In Galatians 5, where he says, let us keep in step with the Spirit, that means moment by moment. You started the day in a broad picture like, yes, Lord, I need you today. I admit my dependence upon you. To keep in step with the Spirit means whatever circumstance comes my way, I want to be led by you, Holy Spirit. Coworkers, texts, emails, someone cuts you off. You're keeping in step. This is what happened during the pandemic when there was a whole big, you know, discussion, yada, yada, even in the church about how to handle it. Well, you know what the elders did? You know what our prayer request was? was every time we met, God, we just want to be in step with the Holy Spirit. We don't want to get ahead. We don't get behind. Help us to navigate one step at a time for the, sh- the shepherding of the flock, this thing called the pandemic and all the mask mandates and all the da-da-da. We need you to help us walk through this step by step. Amen. So we acknowledge our dependence for the whole church, but in the, in the issue of week to week, what we could do, mask, no matter, we were seeking the Lord to keep in step with the Spirit. Same thing happens in your life. You acknowledge that you need to walk by the Spirit, and then you bring it down to the nitty-gritty. Your marriage, your kids, your finances, your tongue, your thoughts. I want to be in step with you, Holy Spirit in all the different areas of my life, right? It's kind of like, Bill, I, I was talking with him earlier. Uh, when was that? What year did you do the last through hike? Okay, just last, was it just last year? Just last year. You know, Bill loves doing, they're called through hikes, right? And he had planned a through hike of 1,000 miles. What, what was the trail called? What was that called? The... A yo-yo on the Colorado Trail of a thousand miles, okay, and and he planned, and I was at his house, and I saw all his preps, right. So he was, he, was, he had this big picture plan of a hike he was going to take, and I said, you know, things happen if you know, you know, uh, things happen on the trail, and I asked him to do, Bill, how many did you accomplish? And he says only four hundred. I'm like, Bill, don't put the word only in front of four hundred. Who puts the word only in front of 400 miles of walking? I'm like, or through hiking, sorry, through hiking. So he has this vision of a thousand miles, but you know what that is? One step at a time. He has his vision, but it comes down to one step at a time and then dealing with the issues as they arose and circumstances were such that he only did 400 and, come on, I know you know the exact number, 400 and, 480, okay, 485. But the last time you had the 1,000 mile, you only did 600 and, 620. So technically you've done 1,100 miles of walking by yourself alone with bears and all that so 
that's the point. You have this vision in life. I get it. We have vision, but it comes down to keeping step, is the step. Keep in step. Before you put your head on the pillow tonight, you are going to have many opportunities to keep in step. You are. Temptations in your mind, what come out of your mouth, what you're going to watch on the internet, what you're going to, how you're going to spend your money. It's all, Lord, let me be in step with you. Let me be in step with you. That brings your faith to life. Now your faith is dynamic. Now there's, there's purpose. There's like, yeah, this is cool. Right? And now if you have that, the Holy Spirit begins transforming you in your own house. It's not me. It's not me. When, when you're going to tempted to watch something on, on the internet and the Holy Spirit's like, mm, that's not where I would go. That's not in step with me. Praise God, amen? That's the point. Keep in step. If you're at a place where you want to keep in step with the Spirit, the Spirit, God, the, per- <laughs> the third person of the Trinity, can speak to your heart and bring the correction if you will choose to be open and teachable. Right? So, we're, we, we, are, we are called to walk by the Spirit, but Galatians 5.20 says is keep in step. Keep in step. That word, um, keep in step, it's about kind of the word picture is marching, keeping in line, military formation. Okay? There's order to it. Okay? So, so it, it, it's important to understand that, that it's not just a let go and let God thing. No. God is a God of order. That keeping step means to walk in a straight line. That's the word picture. Okay? To follow in someone's footsteps. That's all, in, that's all included in that, in that definition. So, so then the question becomes, if Galatians 5.22 says this, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. So just look at that. It, that... If you are indwelt, filled, walking by the Spirit, and doing your best to keep in step, there should be fruit. That is not a list for you to go work really hard on. What that is, is a list of things that should be manifested in your life as a result of the work of the Spirit in your life. Amen? So the check right now is look at the list and ask yourself, where are you? If someone, if someone looked at your life Is that fruit being manifested? Not created by you. I'm saying manifested by the Holy Spirit. That, remember it says the fruit of the Spirit. Okay? That's a great check because then you have to ask yourself, if it isn't, why not? If it isn't, why not? And, you know, I was was thinking through that and I'm like, okay, Lord, I get it. Keep in step, walk. But then I thought of the times in my life where I just feel like I'm, I'm struggling. And I, I'm, I'm not joyful. And I'm maybe not kind at home. And I'm impatient, actually. And I'm, I'm just sort of bent. I have a bit of, of bent and a bit of a... And just kind of... Right? And maybe it's a particular issue. Maybe it's... I'm not even sure. Maybe it's an accumulation of things. And there's been times when I've gotten to this place and I've gotten to come before the Lord and I'm just like, Lord, what is going on? I'm just like, oh, right now. I'm just like, oh. I don't even know how to, anyone ever not know how to just go, oh, Lord, I'm just, oh, right? 
And <laughs> thank you, because I, I know it's just me. And, and, and there have been a couple times when I've been to this place and just trying to be honest and like, Lord, what is it? What is going on? And this phrase one time came into my head, and it says, it's hard to kick against the goads. I'm like, I heard that somewhere. And I remember like, wait, that's the Apostle Paul. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus said that to the Apostle Paul, something about kicking, kicking the goads, right? And so I researched Acts 26. The Apostle Paul is describing his, his journey to Damascus and when he meets Jesus. This is what he says. In this connection, I journeyed to Damascus with the authority and commission of the chief priests. At midday, O king, I saw on the way a light from heaven, brighter than the sun that shone around me and those who journeyed with me. And when he had all fallen to the ground, when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice saying to me in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And I said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. This phrase, kick against the goads, is a Greek proverb, but it was also very familiar to farmers and those in agriculture. A goad was a, a very long stick with a sharp point. And when they, when they yoked an ox to the yoke to plow the field, the farmer would use the goad to get the ox to go where he wanted him to go. Now, what would happen because the ox was stubborn and rebellious and wanted to do his thing, every once in a while, he would get so mad, he would kick against the goad. Now, what do you think happened when he kicked the goad? More pain. Self-inflicted pain, right? And so I'm look, I'm thinking this like, you know, just kicking this, and you know, because it's a great picture of, of re my rebelliousness, my stubbornness, my resistance, the times when I know the direction that the spirit wants me to take, and I'm kicking the goad, inflicting more pain on me. More misery, more, more like battling and more discouragement and more uh, 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 and it's because i'm kicking the goat right and and as i was studying this i came across this great picture that when i saw it i'm like yep that's me show the picture of look at the attitude look at the attitude who here honestly can relate with that dude i'm like that is me when I'm like kicking against the goat and I know God wants me to do something, whether it's in the church or my marriage or my kids, and I don't want to do it, that is me. Is that me, honey? Amen, Amen right? That is me. <laughs> I own that. I saw that and I'm like, you got me. Another zinger. And here's the thing, it's on me. And, and I don't know about you, when I'm like, uh, I'm going down the list of who else to blame. Circumstances, people, if only, if only, if he, if she, if I was dealt a better deck, da, 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 everything except me and a, 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 admitting that I'm kicking against the goad. I'm not doing what God wants me to do in an area or areas. I'm the one with the tood, right? And, and what do you do with that? Well, you've got to come to a place of admission. That is me. That is me. And I heard a wonderful story just yesterday, and I talked to a brother, and I said if he'd be willing to share his own similar journey of, 
of struggling and battling in listening to God and coming to a place of obedience and what happened as a result. So, hey, uh, Mike, you want to come up? And if you would just share a little bit of what you shared with me this morning, that would be awesome. Green? Thank you. Just keep it right here. Yeah, you're good. Can you hear me? Yeah. Um, good morning. My name is Mike. Uh, that, really, that really hits me with the uh, obedience. Um, has anybody disobeyed? Has anybody ever disobeyed? <laughs> Everybody, anybody thought with, thought with what they should have and didn't do it, uh, that'd be me. Um, thought about what uh, Richie was saying, and uh, I struggled for a long time with my past, um, bullying, I guess I was a punk, <laughs> and um, the last seven years, I've been since, since actually eight years since I retired out of the Air Force, or out of the bonds, uh, <laughs> um, I struggled. What, okay, what do I do with the rest of my life? Because um, it felt like everything was done. I was over. Somebody, a friend of me, a friend of mine, came up to me and says, "Why don't you try real estate?" I said, "Okay, I'll try real estate. Might might be okay. It might be productive, you know." Sell one house and be a millionaire. They do it on TV all the time, right? <laughs> so I, anyway, um, I tried it, and I tried it, and I tried it, and I tried it. After about eight years, seven and a half years, after they, Richie and Bill and Tyler told me six months into it, you need to get out of it, I said, nope, I'm going to stick with it. I'm afraid of failure, so I'm going to stick with it. Well, last month, at the end of the month, the dues for the uh, the MLS came up. The dues for the MLS um, came up again, and I've been pouring all this money into pouring money into uh, fees and not getting much out of it. I sold one house; it was it was my own house, our our own rental house. That was my claim to fame, and it wasn't enough to sustain. Anyway, so um, Susan said, okay, Mike, I've, I've told you and I've asked you and I've pleaded with you. We've got to get out. I said, I can't. I just can't. I just, something tell me I, I just can't let it go. Well, I said, okay, I'll, I'll, get, I'll, go, out, I'll go out, but you, you need to come with me and talk to the broker because if I'm talking with the broker by myself, I'll chicken out. So anyway, I, I went to the broker and... Uh, I said, I've been struggling. He knows my struggle. He, I said, You've been, I've been struggling with this for eight years, seven years. I got to get out financially. I just, we can't do it. It's towing us under. Okay. So he says, okay, if you want a cup of coffee once in a while, he says, call me up. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you. We're still friends. No problem. Anyway, that was so freeing for me. It, it was such a burden off my life because I was refusing to obey. I thought I was in control. And I was afraid of being weak. And that was basically just driving me. And I was just, my, physically, I could, couldn't handle it anymore. So, by, so last month, I, I let go of it. 
And that was very, very freeing. Well, um, I've been toying with the idea of uh, going to Mexico for about the same amount of time since about eight years ago. And I found an excuse every time to get out of it. I thought, well, this, it, you know, I'm too busy. I'm not strong enough. What, what, what do I have to offer? So I, I said, uh, I said, I can't go. Well, finally, um, last spring, March, April, I guess, I finally told Mark, I says, you know, I got to go. I just got to go. I don't know what's, something's pulling me. I got to go. And, and he said, okay, we'll make it work. And uh, at first it was, oh, I can't afford it. So I said, he said, well, we'll, we'll figure that out. Susan said, we can't afford it either. And I said, well, I got to go. I just have to go. Something's pulling me. I have to go. I have to, something's pulling me. I got down there and I didn't want to come home. I said, I told Mark, I says, you know, <laughs> tell, tell Susan whatever, but I says, I'm staying. <laughs> You know, she'll probably put my stuff at the curb and say, you know, I don't know. I, I, I'm staying. Anyway, I, I didn't want to leave. <laughs> the, the, the heart of those people down there just pulled at me. You know, the, the, we have so much and they have so little. What they want more than anything was a home, a structure, a solid home. And we were able to do it. And I just, I just felt awesome being a part of that. I mean, I did a small part. But everybody's part meant something. The, the, the painting, I was a painter because I guess I couldn't do anything else. I, I couldn't have swung the hammer like Mark did for eight hours. So anyway, <laughs> paintbrush I could handle. Anyway, so um, I was it was tugging on my heart to go. And I went and I, the, just bonding with those families and bonding with our team, having a, having a, being a part of something bigger than yourself. Um, to finally obey, it, 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 was, it was just freeing for me. And I'm, I'm walking on a cloud, you know. Um, anybody who has any doubts about going, go. Don't make any more excuses. Because eventually, you're going to go anyway. So you might as well just go. <laughs> I mean, it's going to happen, right? Well, anyway, I got home. And... Um, you know, things started happening. Um, like I said, I, I gave up the real estate, which was freeing. Going to Mexico was freeing. And then I, I got a call. I got a I got a bug in my bonnet to uh, to call Kathy White, the Miramani uh, principal, and. Uh, I says, Kathy, I says, I, I, I texted her, but I says, um, what, what are the chances of an old man getting a, getting a job at your school, you know? I, and he go, she, goes, she goes, well, let me get you in contact with HR. I says, okay, I got contact with HR. And I, anyway, they said that you just happened to be the right timing because somebody had just quit, I guess, and, and it was opened up. Anyway, I went through the interview, I went through the testing process and the whole thing, and uh, I, at, at 10 o'clock in the morning, I took the interview from the guy, and he says, okay, we'll call you by 4 o'clock. I said, okay. And they told me, they told me Topa Topa, and I, I said, okay, Topa Topa. Well, I had just wrecked my car, 
So I didn't really have any transportation, but I didn't tell him that. Uh, I got into an accident, and oh, poor smart cars in heaven now. <laughs> but um, anyway, they, um, we uh, I got I got the call at four o'clock, like he said, and he goes, and I was I was expecting pure rejection, but again, I was walking on a cloud, and he goes, he goes, okay, Mike, he says we're going to offer you a job, okay, it's going to be at Miramani, okay. I'm like three doors down, so transportation wasn't a problem. God took care of that one, too. <laughs> but if you submit to his will, it's so freeing. It's so freeing. It was finally, you know, I'm finally, after 64 years, figuring it out. It took me a while, but um, I got a, I got a um, bookmark from Bev Armstrong. Do you, you guys probably know Bev. It's happened to me on my old Bible. It says, God leads us into situations that are impossible to face without him. And if it seems impossible, he's probably got you there for a reason. It seemed impossible for me to go to Mexico, but there was a reason. Thank you. Thank you, Mike. Mike had no idea what I wanted to talk with him about at 8 o'clock this morning. So I really appreciate that. He had no idea that that was coming this morning. That was, that was a, a favor uh, that I asked of him. Um, who was blessed by that? Right. And I, I love the story because it's, it's, it's all of our story. It really is. And, and I really love, thank you, Mark, that, I mean, Mike, the freedom when you when you listen and you obey and you stop kicking against the goads and you're willing to confront your excuses and you're willing to confront your greatest fears and your greatest whatever is the obstacle and you come out on the other side it's just freedom what, however it turns out it's just you're free from that bondage right and and my encouragement to you here and and at home and wherever you're listening to this you know be open and, and ask the Spirit, what is there, is, am I kicking against the goads? Am I, are you telling me this is the way we're going to go? Keep in step with me, you know? And, and sometimes we have good seasons. We're right next to the Holy Spirit. He's our paraclete. It's someone who's called alongside. And so he's walking with us. And sometimes he wants to go somewhere. And you know what? I'm, also, I'm the one that stops. And he keeps moving. And he's like, where, where, where'd you go? Oh, about that. That's scary. Or there's our past, or there's all these reasons that we freeze and we're no longer in step. We might be kicking against the goats. And my, my prayer for us, for you, for me, is is there an area where you're out of step? Is there an area where you're kicking against the goats and you could literally appreciate Mr. Ox in your and, and the reason you've had this tood towards the church, towards God, towards scripture, whatever, isn't anything wrong with the church or scripture or God. It's just you're kicking against the goads, self-inflicted, right? And, and that's why I love, you know, Mike, I love you, brother. I've known you for 20 years, and for you to, this was a miracle. I'm telling you right now. This, this, our brother doing that after being asked at 8 a.m. today, 
And he's like, I'm glad you didn't ask me yesterday. I wouldn't have slept. I know that's why I did. I said, I know you. I told these guys yesterday. I'm not calling him last, you know. I'm not calling him tonight, which was yesterday. He won't sleep. I'll just drop the bomb when he gets here. That is a miracle. That's a testimony to what happens when you choose to keep in step with the Spirit and the fruit that's born after. So, so I don't know uh, what it is. It might be a forgiveness issue that you're kicking against the goads. It might be a priorities issue. It might be a serving in the church issue. It might be pride, materialism. I don't know. And, you know, quite frankly, here's the thing. It might be what Brother Bill talked about this earlier, way back when we started. It might be baptism. It might be a baptism. If you have, I don't know what the reason would be that you haven't, but maybe it's a kicking against the goat issue. It's not keeping in step with the spirit issue. And here's the thing. I, I share this with the, with the leadership team. You have to be very careful because if it's an issue like baptism and you simply choose not to obey, what you're really doing is teaching yourself the habit that disobedience is okay. And that's what spreads into other areas of your life. Because if you're just winking at not being baptized, for instance, what else are you winking at? And you get to a certain measure of comfort, and now you're picking and choosing what you want to obey. Rather than everything we talked about today, keeping in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something contrary to Scripture. And i got to be honest with you, you're like, well, isn't that obvious? No. I literally have had people tell me, literally tell me, they prayed about something and they believed God was leading them to do something that was not biblical. But because they prayed about it, it was now okay. But in in certain issues, it was clearly not okay biblically. Okay, the Holy Spirit will never lead you to do something that would be sin. He's the spirit of truth, okay? So this morning, is there an area or areas where you recognize, I just got to obey. I've been battling long enough. I've been kicking against the goads long enough. Right now, whether you're here or at home, right now, it's time. It's just time to take a step of obedience, which might just be the first step is confession. So if you'll stick with me for announcements after, uh, after that great Lions uh, Den video, a uh, couple things. There uh, actually is a lot going on uh, in the church, even if it's summertime and even if many of us have been vacationing. Um, and starting with, I'd like to, I'd like to uh, uh, announce that on July 31st, we have a really special service planned because uh, our friends from... Uh, Teen Challenge are going to be here. Now, many of you have, yeah, you can clap for Teen Challenge. Teen Challenge, of course, is a great ministry. It's a great opportunity uh, on on Sunday the 31st to invite friends and invite family because let me tell you, there is going to be music. You are going to see transformed lives up here. You are going to see testimony, which I, I don't know, who likes testimonies? I love a testimony because you see everybody here and the ladies that are going to be here from Teen Challenge, you see they all have a story. Your story is unique. Their story is unique. And it is God's work in their life. 
that has transformed them, and they are going to come and they are going to share with us their transformed lives. And you are going to see, trust me, you are going to see great joy from up here when Teen Challenge is with us on the 31st. So um, I implore you to, to invite friends and family. Uh, and if you're online, if you're looking for an opportunity to get back to church, that's the time to come. So come. Um, also, uh, you may have heard uh, that our dear sister Doris Christensen went home to be with the Lord a couple of weeks ago. And uh, Doris, just a few days short of her 96th birthday. And Doris, what a, what a delight. What an absolute delight. And, um, uh, and because I can't stand it, uh, I have to share this with you. Um, Richie last week was sharing that there is going to be a memorial service for Doris, um, and it is scheduled for August the 6th at 2 p.m. If you would like to help, and there is plenty of uh, help that is needed, please, uh, you can see Pastor Tyler uh, or, or uh, Tina. Tina Roses, where's Tina? I think she's with the kids. She's with the kids. Um, uh, to, uh, to plug in and, and help with that memorial. Uh, you know, um, uh, just by way of, of, of quick talk about testimony, uh, so uh, my wife and I uh, were married by Frank Christensen, uh, Doris's husband, in 1975. And uh, uh, not being a believer at the time, Frank said, you will sit with me uh, for three consecutive uh, days, and you were going to do marriage counseling. And, of course, as an 18-year-old, uh, when an older uh, man that's a pastor um, and not coming from any church background, I figured this is what you have to do in order to get married. So, uh, so we did it. And you know what? I don't remember a thing the man said. <laughs> I was 18, ready to get married. And so that's what we did. We got married. And then, of course, uh, again, by way of testimony, uh, a number of years later, some 20-odd years later, when my life was uh, at, you know, at the lowest ebb uh, and I was desperate for, for answers and I was a mess, where did I go? I went to find Frank Christensen, the man who married me, whose wife I had met when I was an 18-year-old kid. And little did I know that Frank had already gone home to be with the Lord by that time, but he took me to this church where I sat for three consecutive one-hour sessions with Frank Christensen, who I don't remember what he told me, but he introduced me to his wife, and I, there was something about that man and his wife that drew me back to find him when I was looking for answers. So you can't tell me that the ministry that each one of us has because each one of us has a story isn't powerful and I'm hoping that you will come and participate and, and really uh, just, just glory in the memory of our sister Doris who is in the presence of Jesus right this very moment, amen? So come and do that on the 6th. And uh, also, uh, my last announcement is uh, just a reminder that uh, we are going to have a baptism here at the church, after church, on August the 7th. That's coming right up. Now, last week I reminded you that that's going to take place, and if you haven't been baptized, come and see one of the elders, or Pastor Tyler, Pastor Richie, whatever, and make the commitment to be obedient, to be baptized. Because in that baptism, you are going to be declaring the life, the death, 
the burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and you are going to be, what? Obedient to the call of baptism. It is an ordinance of the church. It's very important. It's very powerful. And if you haven't been baptized, I'm just going to be honest with you and bold right now because I feel like I can. If you haven't been baptized and you've been waiting, you have been disobedient. And if you would like to be obedient to the call of the Lord on your life and you are a believer and you have put your faith in Jesus Christ alone for salvation, then by all means, as an act of obedience and being declarative to the entire world that Jesus Christ is your Lord and you are following him for the rest of the days of your life, come and be baptized on the 7th. Of August, it is not too late. You could make the decision that day, but I encourage you to make it today and let one of us know that you would like to be baptized. Amen. 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 All right. Thanks, Bill. Uh, I have an announcement. You know, we do celebrate everything that God is doing here at the well. Amen. Right. It's midsummer, as you said, and yet uh, we're already looking at the fall and and really reengaging as more and more of you come back. Uh, on Saturday, August twentieth. Myself, my wife, we want to invite you to uh, our first uh, parenting. Uh, I, 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 you know, I don't want to call it a class, but a parenting event. Uh, and uh, we're excited. We're excited. I know that many of you know my kids, but many of you don't. Uh, I have five uh, grown kids right now, age 20 to 29. Uh, we moved to Ojai in the summer of 99, so many of you became auntie and grandma, and they grew up right alongside you. And, uh, you know, we have just really felt that it's time and, and we're really excited to uh, have a ministry here at the well to come alongside parents and those who want to be parents. And uh, I just want to uh, kind of give you a kind of a, a big picture vision, uh, you know, because I know parenting, even within the church, you know, there's a broad spectrum of approaches to it. And that was one of the challenges as I was uh, seeking the Lord on, on how are we going to approach this, you know? And, and so let me just, just really share with you right off the bat, this is designed for those who are parents already, whether wherever your kids are, those who want to have kids, you know, I think my youngest, she's not even married, but she might come. And so don't think it's weird when Eileen's here. She's like, oh, Eileen was at the parenting, you know, no, 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 she's just getting way ahead of the curve here. Um, so if you're thinking about wanting to have kids, if you've had kids, if you, you know, maybe whatever range, uh, what we're going to do is we're going to, and, and my challenge is, say, Lord, how do we do this? Is it two day? Is it a one day? And really where I've landed is it's, it's a Saturday. It's going to be broken into two sessions. And we're going to be looking and focusing on the heart of parenting, developing a biblical foundation out of which you, within your family unit, can make decisions, okay? And... And that's important because if you don't take the time to really assess and ask yourself some real biblical theological questions as a foundation, oftentimes we just parent like we were parented. We just look for practical helps. And, you know, we, we don't really take the time to go, well, what's the goal? What is the goal, right? In fact, uh, we're going to be, I've, I'm compiling uh, material from two different uh, sources. Where the morning, we'll be looking at some material from a parenting conference by uh, Paul David Tripp called Getting to the Heart of Parenting. In the afternoon after lunch, we're going to look at some material by Dr. Tim Kimmel called Grace-Based Parenting. And uh, it's really designed to challenge 
you with a biblical foundation for parenting. In fact, uh, one of the first questions we're going to look at in, in the morning session is, is what is a family? Define family. Because if, you, if you're even not even wrestled with what is a family, how do you know where you're going? What's, what's the goal? What's the end game, right? And so it, it, it is very much not about feeding and those kinds of behavioral issues. That's not what this is about. What we want to do as a launch into a parenting ministry is give you an opportunity to come and really ponder a little bit about what is the basis for the decisions we're making, have made, will make, uh, and how does that sync up with the Word of God and, and Scripture. So invite you to come on out. Uh, there's a sign-up sheet on the welcome cart. We are working through child care right now. We would love to provide child care, so sign up. We're going to contact you once we work through with Pastor Tyler and Kim about, uh, they're talking about doing maybe a, a kids program for the older kids. Uh, so while you're here enjoying the, uh, the class, your kids will be enjoying something there. And, uh, so don't let child care please uh, keep you from coming. I'll put your name on the, on the roster there and, and we'll be working with you for the next month or so. Okay? Yeah, and with that, we'll have Kathy Bodycomb. He's going to come up, and you have something to tell us about women's ministry. I do. Amen. All right, let's do I it. I do. Um, I know Richie has said this before. Uh, there's lots of announcements here today, but um, that's as much church as coming here. So what we do beyond Sunday is as much of what we are as a, as a body of believers as just what we do as we gather here. So... Um, so I have a couple more announcements of what we're doing. Um, one uh, for the women's ministry. One is floral. We're having a floral arranging workshop. It's almost full. So please sign up. Uh, today it's July 30th, 10 a.m. at the well. Uh, it's $15. So um, there's just a few spots left. So if you'd like to do that please sign up. Uh, there's also a watercolor workshop in August, August 27th, and there's still some openings for that. And then the last thing I'd like to talk about, share about a little bit, is about that we're having a discussion on the book of Psalms. So we've kind of let this summer be a time where um, we're encouraging women, I'm encouraging women, to read uh, some of the book of Psalms. I'm in the 30s somewhere, so I haven't gotten a real far in it. Uh, got a couple of weeks left to go. Um, but this will be August 15th, um, 7 p.m. here at the well. But please, I just want to encourage you to um, uh, use this time uh, to consider um, who God is and how we can express ourselves back to God using some of the some of the Psalms. Um, for me, you know, I just love uh, Aubrey mentioned about some of the imagery. I love the imagery. Some just simple statements: "The Lord is my rock," "The Lord is my fortress," "The Lord is my light," and you know, we're familiar with "The Lord is my shepherd." There's even a verse that says, um, "The Lord." Uh, will be their shepherd, referring to um, the people of God, and he will carry them in his arms forever. And I love that. I love that imagery. Um, so what we've what we've come up um, with a little worksheet. Don't let this be too scary. It's not really a Bible study, but it's just kind of some guides to help you think through um, when you're reading the Psalms, but also to write down what. Um, 
you're contemplating or what God's speaking to you or even having questions or, hey, this is kind of, I don't get this, you know, it's kind of a difficult passage. Um, so um, these are all uh, uh, on the, there's a, there's a bunch of them on the cart uh, outside, so please pick one up. Uh, even if you don't think you'll be able to make it August 15th, go ahead and pick one up if you'd like to just use it personally. A couple things about it. Uh, one is there is a great little overview uh, from the Bible Project. I don't know if you've ever seen those before. Nice little video. It's 10 minutes long. Gives you the great, uh, great overview and context of who wrote the Psalms, you know, for actually they have, uh, the Bible project has it for each book of the Bible, but this is the one on the Psalms. It's on YouTube. We have the link, or you can just go out, um, to YouTube and find it for Psalms. But again, it puts it in context. So, you know, the what, when, why of how it was written. Uh, A couple of books that just might be of interest, devotional books, um, that we have listed here as well. And then just kind of questions. Who, who's, who, um, what has God revealed to you about himself? Um, how do you relate to this psalm? What do you feel about this psalm? Um, what does it show you about yourself? And there's also a list that I stole from my Bible studies of Jen Wilkins that lists uh, about 20, 30 attributes of God. And it's really helpful to refer back to, um, to that. So um, please uh, grab one, read one, um, use it. Um, if you're able to come August 6, uh, 15th or not, but um, use the Psalms to um, bring yourself to the Lord and let the Lord reveal himself to you. It's poetry, it's songs, it's praise. Um, So use this all to know him and that we can come together and, again, reflect on the Psalms together. So thank you. Thanks, Kathy. And finally, Jordan Stuffelbeam, the youth director at The Well. Yes. Now, that's really interesting. I like it when you're down. Could you step down one more? (laughs) It's not often I get to look down on somebody. (laughs) Um... <laughs> so thank, thank you for that. Um, so uh, my understanding is you have uh, some uh, an announcement. Did we three. say three? You have three announcements three. for the Ute. Yeah, I like and that. Then word. We're done with all the announcements. Really? Yeah. Okay. Finally. Well, then take it away. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Like Bill said, my name is Jordan Stuffelbeam. I am the youth director here at the Well, as well as the tech director. So all the stuff that goes on in the bridge, uh, that's what we do back there. Uh, So we do have a few announcements for us. We have a recap from Wednesday. Uh, We had a youth event at the the beach. Uh, We got a picture there. Yeah, Isaac's pointing out the obvious. We're playing spike ball. Uh, We had a lot of fun. Uh, It was was a great day. It was cloudy, which I prefer that because I'm very pale-skinned. And yeah, we we played some um, ultimate on the beach. We had some volleyball, although realized that none of us are really that good at volleyball. Uh, so we quickly did another game, but we, we had a lot of fun. We had some snacks uh, and just had a good time with the students. And I will say the best part by far, in my opinion, uh, was on our, our ride out there. So we had a new student, never been there, and I got to give it to him. He, he's a bold, uh, I think, sixth grader. And we had a little just dance party on the way there on our car, on our car ride. And he's like, we're like, hey, 
we're taking um, you know song requests. So he plays a song that we've never heard of, and it's it just plays this this beat over and over again, and he's just playing the air saxophone, and we're all having a great time. And it was it was great. And it was the mostly boys' vehicle, and we had two high schooler girls in the back recording. And I think they said they had more fun than probably the girls' car. Was that right? So uh, give it to the guys to uh, give us a nice dance party. So that was a lot of fun. Uh, we had a blast. Uh, so... Uh, next up, we're having a, an all-nighter here at the well, August 10th through 11th from 6.30 p.m. to 9.30 the next day. Um, our plan is to uh, meet here, and then we're going to go down and play some games at golf and stuff, do some golfing, have a little outing, and then we're going to come back and probably just play a bunch of games. Uh, we are planning to watch a movie called The Bad Guys. If you guys haven't seen it, it's great. It's probably one of my new favorite uh, animated movies by DreamWorks. We're going to watch that probably to bring the night to a close, although I'm sure they'll still want to stay up pretty late. So we'll make sure they're nice and tired when you come and pick them up in the morning. Uh, so the cost is $20, and the deadline for that is uh, August 7th, which is a Sunday. And if you have any questions, you can talk to me. Uh, last announcement. This is um, we're, having, we're going to a conference in um, Santa Ana, California. It's called the Reality Student Apologetics Conference. Uh, put on by Stand to Reason. Uh, they're an apologetics organization. For those of you that know what, don't know what apologetics is, it's basically um, us as Christians being able to defend what we believe. So if someone was asked, why do you believe what you believe, you're able to give a response, be able to d- defend yourself. And not in a, I'm going to just give an argument, although that's what we would say traditionally is you're going to give an argument for what you believe and why you believe it. Uh, but it's really just you're, you're defending what you believe. And in a culture that we have nowadays, uh, there's, there's really not only is an attack on uh, the things of the Bible and the gospel, but on truth itself. And a lot of things nowadays are really about relativism, which truth can be whatever you want it to be. And so we're, we're doing this conference really because, uh, I mean, it's for middle schoolers, high schoolers, and young adults, uh, college age, to really help them in their in their faith. Uh, and the theme for this, this conference is actually uh, seeking you will find and about what, what do you do when uh, you're challenged with doubt? You know, if we're honest as believers, doubt happens and it's normal. So how do we deal with that? And so this conference really is for equipping students to be able to handle life's big, big questions and even things that are going on in the culture that we as adults probably aren't as aware of. Things that are going on in the schools. And so this really is designed to not just be a conference to go to because conferences are fun, which I'm sure it will be, but really to equip the students and to help them through uh, the challenges you know, that they go through. And so there's a lot of topics that they're going to they're cover. Uh, and so I don't know if you saw up there, the cost is $100. Uh, you know, that's the, got the ticket, got the drive down, staying at a hotel. Uh, and I just want to say we don't want cost to be an issue for, for students not to go. Um, if you can only contribute uh, a little bit, you know, that's fine. We have ways of, you know, I have a, a budget to help with things like this. Um, and also, you know, we talk about the ways that we as the church do life together. We have different giftings in the way that we use that, um, and, and they're all different. Now, some people, uh, you know, you might be financially um, blessed and you have a, a job that God has blessed you with that you can provide in that way. And I just want to encourage you, if you guys do want to support any of the students, 
or even youth ministry um, in general. Uh, I would just say pray about it and seek the Lord on how you could encourage uh, students going on this trip. You know, we do other things, whether it's going to Mexico and we, we support money to, to do stuff like that. It's very similar. And I, and I just want to say, I don't want you guys to think, oh, they're just going to go have fun and they're, they're having an all-nighter. You know, these events and things are really important, um, of just ways of spending time with the kids. They're being around biblical teaching um, and just being loved on. And in the process, you know, my prayer is that God is, is speaking his truth to them and that events like this could lead to just their growth and, and who Jesus is and really trusting him uh, as their savior. And so, um, so yeah, sign up. Uh, there's a couple deadlines. The first one is actually by uh, the 29th of this month. Uh, and you can put a $50 deposit down for that. But I would just encourage you, if you saw the website up there, go to that and check it out. They have a lot more details about that conference. I, I don't know if you can see the website there. But again, you can come talk to me. I'd love to talk to you about it. Um, and we're going to have a, a great time going down to the conference. So with that, that's finally it for the announcements. Now you guys, now you can take a sigh of relief. <laughs>